Grace at Last podcast. Here we hope you find freedom from religion and traditions passed down by man that God never intended for us to struggle with. Let's quit looking around us and begin to look within at God in us and realize all we need is already there. Together, guided by the Holy Spirit, let's learn what God really thinks of us and discover what is pleasing to Him. I think we're going to find out it's a whole lot easier than what we thought. Hi, Corrine here, and welcome to episode 37 of our Grace at Last podcast. In our last episode, episode 36, we talked about our works and ministry and doing nice things for others and asked the question, is that required for salvation? We talked about the contrast in some of Paul's writings with James's letter. Is it works plus faith or faith alone? Those are some of the things we talked about regarding how we're acceptable to God. And today, I want to look at the will of God. What is God's will? I've heard it said one of the most common statements in believers is not understanding what God's will is for their lives. I've been in ministry over 20 years, and it's one of the most common things that I hear. Many stay-home moms comparing themselves to career women. Women feeling unfulfilled as they look at others and what they're doing and maybe feel like what they are doing themselves seems so insignificant. It really can become about us and what we're doing to feel good about ourselves and under the impression sometimes even that we're doing it for Jesus. Many evangelists and missionaries and speakers and others, well, we can get so much attention that we can actually drift into feeding off of attention of others and sometimes not even realize that we're doing it. And that's why I thought it'd be good to talk about it on today's Grace at Last podcast. Seeking God's will excessively can cause confusion, and I think it can lend to one being stuck and feeling like they're not really even moving forward because they're so unsure about what they should be doing. It may happen spiritually or mentally at first, and I think it affects every area of our lives, including our career, our ministry, our relationships, our hobbies. Like I said, every area of our lives. And how do I know what God's will is? Especially a young person with their whole life looming before them. One wrong move and you might mess it all up. Sometimes that's what they're being taught. Especially if that young person, if they're in youth or they're hearing messages about God's will and it being a narrow path and all these rules and expectations that are placed on them. Fear, you don't want to miss God's will. You don't want to miss out on his best. Instead of teaching them how to hear from the Holy Spirit. And that he'll lead them and that he'll guide them into God's will for their life. He's the one that will lead them into a good place. And seeking God's individual will for our lives excessively can make us indecisive. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, Since you've been raised to a new life in Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Verse 2, 3, and 4 say, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. That's Colossians 3, 1 through 4. God gave us this life. I believe he wants us to enjoy it. But I also believe the only way to enjoy it is to not focus on it and to not pursue the things of this world and the things of this life. I believe when we're having fellowship with God about how much he loves us and we're growing in him, and understanding and the grace and knowledge of Jesus, well, you know what? I think life can seem so good, it sometimes seems too good to be true. 
but excessively thinking about God's will and about this life, I think it distracts us from enjoying the life that he gave us, his life in us. I run a boutique and we have a nonprofit in Sacramento and a lady came in the other day with her three daughters. Two of their daughters were in town for Christmas and they're currently enrolled in Christian universities. And they shared each one of them about what they were doing, where they were studying and what life was like and what their dreams were. And then automatically all the eyes turned to the last one who hadn't spoke yet. Like, what are you doing? What are your plans? It was obvious that she wasn't sure about what she was doing. She wasn't sure about her plans. It kind of seemed like she wanted to crawl in a hole because she didn't know. She didn't have the answers. And I thought how unfair it was that we put pressure on these young people and think that they have to know God's will and they have to have it all figured out. I know people that have been single most of their lives because they're waiting for that perfect spouse. Well, there are no perfect spouses, including you and I. And unrealistic expectations, they can lead to a lonely life if people don't measure up. That's not always the case. I have very good friends that are perfectly happy being single, happier than some married folks that I know. But some yearn and desire to be married, and they have a fairy tale in their mind of what that should look like. And sometimes, well, it's just not even realistic. So how do we balance this out? We don't want to be procrastinators, but we don't want to live overly impulsive and have to live with emotional decisions that we make either. Obviously, there's no way to line our lives up so that we never experience disappointment, but I do believe that we can live without regret. Again, how do we know God's will? After all, I can't go to a chapter and verse and see if I should move to another state, take that job, retire early. Should I buy or rent? Should I sell that business and on and on? And sometimes, you know what? The decisions are way more critical. Like, should I do chemo? Is my kid going to make it through this? My spouse has been unfaithful. What do I do? All of these personal decisions that we face and we need answers for. And again, we can get caught up in what is God's will for my life. There's a lot of talk about what his will is for each individual person and a plan to ensure that God's people don't miss out on his very best. It's like start robotically praying for your baby spouse the day they're born. Make sure they don't miss out on God's will for their lives. Can we mess up God's will for our lives by making wrong choices? How do we know what the will of God even is? Does God have one perfect will for each of our lives and it is the best plan? It's his perfect plan? And then there's other ones like a little bit less than. We can be somewhat happy, still go to heaven, but we're not going to experience God's best. And then, of course, there's completely being out of fellowship with God, total disobedience. And then, by golly, you better watch out because if you're in this category, you're probably getting a spanking pretty soon. You're going to be in trouble. You are not protected. You are out of his covering. It's like God's saying his one will for our lives and that we have a risk of missing it. But what if that's not true? What if Jesus is there no matter what we decide? I know people that even believe that God's will is probably something that you're not even going to want to do. We might think of the scripture that comes to mind, Matthew 26, 42, when Jesus was about to go to the cross and he told his father, if the cup could pass, Lord, let it pass. But 
God, let your will be done. Nevertheless, your will and not mine. We might even pray that prayer ourselves or have that mentality. Like God is going to ask something of us that we're not going to want to do. And like we're suffering like Jesus did. And we don't want to do it. God, if this cup can pass from me, please, nevertheless, your will be done. Kind of a martyr attitude. Kind of give up our desires for God's will. But can we really put ourselves in that context and think it applies to us? We might consider Matthew 6.10 that says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus said that shortly before he was about to go to the cross. He is the kingdom of God and he has come. We don't need to ask for that anymore because it's already happened. Praying this prayer for ourselves is so out of context of what Jesus meant when he said these words. That entire prayer in Matthew, it was prior to the cross and resurrection. Jesus knew his time was drawing near. He also knew he was about to answer those prayers. And the reason I mention this is because I'm trying to be aware of asking Jesus for things that he's already given in full. I think doing that keeps me stuck. It seems to me that it makes more sense to live and appreciate what he's already done instead of asking him to do what he's already done. It may sound weird, but I pray a lot less, but I talk to him a lot more. For example, I'm in a situation right now that requires more patience than usual. (laughs) In the past, I may have spent my time praying and asking God to give me patience through this situation. But today, I don't pray for patience. I acknowledge that patience is in me. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is patience. And he is in me. The spirit is in me. So my conversation is more about thanking him for the patience in me and walking that out instead of waiting for God to give me something that I already have. It helps me have a focus more on his love for me and less about me proving my love for him. And if we don't think understanding the will of God is important, then I think we're deceived. So many women believe that they missed God's will for that perfect spouse And now they're going to have to just endure, sort of settling. No. Wouldn't you like to think that you could be happy no matter what? I'm sure we would all agree that life is not about what comes our way, but how we respond to what comes our way. I remember hearing something that said, happy people don't have the best of everything. They make the best of everything they have. And we admire people that live strong and They come against opposition in the worst of circumstances. And we have to ask ourselves, how am I responding? Again, I'm not suggesting that we live thoughtless and don't think about repercussions, but I am saying, let the Holy Spirit lead our way, not a youth leader, not an outreach coordinator or anyone else tell us the path that we must take because the Holy Spirit's in us and he will tell us. And with Jesus at the center of our lives, we can rest assured that we are going to be happy. How are we responding in our pressures? We put pressures on kids early and people in bondage with such a narrow view of what God's will is. I believe Jesus is behind every door. If I walk through that door, he's behind that door because he comes through that door with me. We can't miss his will if he's in us. Whatever door we go through, again, he goes through it with us. And here we are at the beginning of a new year. It's 2024. And the new year just started, and it's time 
that people are setting goals, that they're reflecting, that they're planning, and all of that can be really good. I think many Christians might be at this mindset right now about what is God's will for my life? Well, 2 Peter 3, 9 says that the Lord is not slow about his promises. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So God's will is that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. All would come to think differently and have a change of mind about who God is. 2 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't think God's will is about marrying the right person, choosing the right career, deciding what college to attend. I don't think that's what he meant when he's referring to his will. God made us free, free to make choices, free will. And I think we get to decide who to marry, what house to buy, all of these things in life we encounter, God wants to just do it with us. He doesn't want to dictate how it goes. He just wants to do it with us. And he does want to lead us and guide us in wisdom. And Jesus is our wisdom. And again, he's inside of us. And I think the chains that we put on overemphasizing God's will in our lives put us in bondage. And it's like we're sitting in the prison cell and the door is open. But we sit there as if we are in captivity. But we can know that God is open and he is allowing us to think freely and make choices and decisions. And we can share that with the next generation, that God is with you no matter what you do. I have grandchildren coming into these life choices. It was so cute. My 12-year-old grandson recently told me that he made a career change. He's no longer going to be an NFL player, but he's decided to be a chef instead. <laughs> I said, right on. And I know it's going to change many more times, I'm sure. But no matter what Mason decides, God is with him. And he can relax and be himself. And that's exactly what I told him. God is going to be with you, Mason, no matter what you decide. And sometimes religion will put these boundaries on us and try to make us think that they have all of our answers. And coming back on Sundays and coming to these messages, that it's going to uncover and reveal God's will for our lives. But God's will is inside of us. God's will is the Holy Spirit. And now walking this out is just going to look different for each one of us. But I pray that we enjoy the journey. I really like looking at these individual topics that God is showing me and renewing my mind in these areas and sharing it with others. If we're at the same place we've been in understanding and we dig our heels in and say, nope, what I've always believed, I am not changing. I am not going to change my beliefs. I am not going to grow well, I think that keeps us stuck, and that is boring as far as I'm concerned. God is showing me new things about him every day, and it's so exciting. And growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, it's fun, it's adventurous. And I hope your adventure is full, and it's full of love, and it's full of life. And I pray you join me next week when we talk about finding our righteousness and how right our choices are. I cannot even begin to tell you the freedom I found and continue to find by letting go of policing my behavior and others' behavior. And until then, I pray you are free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you so much for joining us today for our Grace at Last podcast. We hope you learned a truth that will set you free and keep you living in the it is finished promise Jesus declared at the cross. 
Go to lastministry.org to learn more about who we are and what we're all about as we share this incredible inheritance God has given us in His Son.